Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest, Justin B. Locke. He's an author, a business owner, and a podcast host. Justin B. Locke is the host of the podcast Straight from the Horse Doctor's Mouth, which he produces with his wife, Dr. Erica Lacker. His best-selling book series, The Adventure of the Horse Doctor's Husband, has been enjoyed by readers from all over the world. While his wife's mission is to make the world a better place for horses, Justin's mission is to make the world a better place for people by helping men to learn to understand themselves and grow into their full potential. His current book, The Righteous Rage of a Ten-Year-Old Boy, is a raw, intense examination of his childhood. The traumatic events that formed his negative self-image and his journey through therapy to overcome it. Welcome, Justin. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be on the show. You know, you have a very, very interesting past. Tell us first about your book here. The book is a chronicle of my journey through therapy. And I went through that when I was 44 years old. And the profound insights that I had into myself changed not only my understanding of who and why I am, but how I feel about myself. And I learned through that process that while the events that shaped my life as a child were unique to me, the the outcomes of those things are are the, across the spectrum. Everybody suffers from insecurities of some sort. And the the way to overcome those insecurities is the same for everyone. And I really wanted to to highlight just how profound the the change you can make in your life when you are intentional about what you're doing. You know, it's interesting that you're in veterinary medicine and things like that. Was that part of your therapy too? I think my wife was a large part of my therapy in that I met her when I was 38 years old and she was the first person that ever supported me 100% and allowed me to be who I am. I didn't feel like I had to to wear a mask or hide aspects of myself from her. And that amazing relationship made me feel strong enough to, to be who I am and, and to, to be honest about the challenges that I'm facing and to seek help to overcome those things. Well, that's great. And you know, many successful people have a hard time admitting they've needed therapy, that they've needed actually others in their lives to get there. They like to say they're self-made and so on. What's your take on that? I find it fascinating that we try to be such individualists that don't need anyone. Everyone wants to be, you know, the self-reliant, you know, hero standing alone on the mountaintop. 
But the truth is that, that we're a herd animal. We, we do best in groups. We need a, an emotional connection to other people around us, not just for our physical survival, but for our emotional well-being. And it's, it's so important to understand that and to not get caught up in the trappings of society and culture. When you see you know, movies with the, the, the tough guy that's all by himself and doesn't ever take help from anybody, and you need to understand how unrealistic that is. You know, I tried to affect that persona in my 20s and 30s and not understanding that it's not realistic. And all I did was separate myself from people. And that it really stunts your emotional growth when, when you fail to understand the importance of the connections with relationships and people around you. You know, to grow, to be, to get somewhere, to emotionally grow and, and to develop in your life, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. What's your take on that? I think vulnerability is so important. And it's an aspect that was lacking in my life from the very beginning. You know, my dad ruled me with the iron fist. And his his take on life was that if, if you've got time to be awake, you've got time to be working and you don't complain about anything and you don't try to have fun. You don't have any feelings other than rage. You work and you're angry about it. And I understood that that's how you become a man. And I grew up into adulthood without having a proper emotionally healthy adult figure in my life to show me how to be a man. And so that lack of ability to be honest with myself about all the feelings that I have on the inside because they don't match my dad's requirements, it made me you know, stunted in a way. Like I, I really tried to be someone that I was not because I didn't understand the, the real strength is, is owning who you are as a person, the vulnerability and putting all your stuff out there. And, you know, people will love you for who you are. or People will hate you for who you are. And that's OK. Either way it goes. You know, I didn't understand that for a long time. But the freedom that comes with being being OK with me and, and not worrying about other people's opinion and putting out my shortcomings out there. You know, I, I wrote everything in the world that, that you would want to hide away in a dark closet or wrote it down in a book and gave it to the world to see. And the freedom that has come from that is unbelievable. Like no one can, can find out something about me and then, you know, try to hold that over my head because there are no secrets anymore. Uh, you know, uh, a, a smart author many years ago said, it's not hard to write a book all you have to do is slit your wrists and bleed what's your take on that <laughs> I, I will say that that is that is a, a great great quote i like that a lot i, I like that a lot i like yeah, that a lot i've said true. that i've that, said that many times because i'm the author of like 20 books and three oh my of goodness them, three of them became bestsellers of the great pandemic of 2020 so it, it was interesting that that happened that way. Now, you like to advise men and give men some advice. What's your advice for men today? My advice is to own who you are and understand why you believe the things that you believe, why you act the way that you act. I was I was a passenger in my life for so long that I was just reacting from from one event and to the next. I was a pinball bouncing around and I never understood you know, the things that I held true in my heart were things that I learned from my parents. And when I examined those things with the help of someone else to give me some perspective and some insight, I realized that I was living my life by a code that I didn't even believe in. And so for me, my, my great awakening has been 
taking all of those beliefs one at a time and whether it's important stuff like you know what makes a man a man or if it's silly stuff like how you like your steak like i my dad believed that a steak should be burned to a crisp and so i was 35 years old before i had a, a good steak that was you know medium rare and it blew me away but you know ed but there's so many things in between the steak and the how to be a man like everything that i understand about the world i got from my parents and until i was able to cast away the stuff i don't believe in and form my own beliefs based on my experiences and the things that are important to me you know i wasn't able to be me i was being someone else so the important thing i think is to to understand why you believe what you believe and to be willing to change your mind about things don't don't have to toe the line and, and be rigid to something that you said 20 years ago just because that's what you believed at the time yeah i i believe that as well you know when i was a boy i grew up in calgary alberta canada the home of the calgary stampede so all i wanted to be was a cowboy with the whole <laughs> cowboy vernacular you know the big uh, the horse the guns the girl on his arm you know that's all i wanted to be mm -hmm. it took me a long time to realize that's not what life is about it's really not you know, i i grew up reading louis lamour's westerns and so I, I got a lot of my understanding about the 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 tough stranger you know that was riding his horse out on the range all by himself too like it's it's a romantic idea but it's, it's totally unrealistic it is terribly unrealistic now your dad was seemingly incapable of expressing any emotion other than anger at least to you how do you think that impacted you and your ability to process emotions uh profoundly i i really even into an adulthood I felt like there was something wrong with me because I had all of these feelings and I didn't I didn't even have names for them. I didn't know what most of them were, but you know, I was flooded with emotions and I was surrounded by people who seemingly had none. You know, my my ticket out of home to to run away from my family was to join the army. And the toxic masculinity in the army is ridiculous as you can imagine, but it's 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 all people who are wearing that mask and trying to be tough and trying to pretend like nothing affects them, right? So I, I jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire with that. And it just cemented my beliefs that everybody else is, is unfazed by things. And I have all of these feelings like there must be something wrong with me. And I became a raging alcoholic because of the disparity that I felt. And I was comparing my insides to everybody else's outsides. And, and I came up short every time. And I was 35 years old before I realized that men have all of the same emotions that women do. We've got, you know, hundreds of emotions and, and everyone is hiding them. And then nobody ever talks about not feeling good enough for, or, you know, whatever it is that, that's going on this besides excitement or lust or rage, you know, there's all these other things. Then, and well, I just didn't you know, know that other people had that. Justin, for a second, because I agree, our culture really doesn't allow men to show their emotions. They don't yeah. allow them to be, they, you know, a man is supposed to be a man. He gets up on his white horse and he's never supposed to fall from it. That's he's right. supposed to stay there. He's supposed to be the hero. He's supposed to be the protector. He's supposed to be the guy that does it, but have emotions such as other than maybe rage or aggression. No, he's not supposed to have them. What's your take on that? I think it is, it is crippling to most men in, in our society because everybody's trying to to hold up this impossible standard but 
the the truth is we do have all of these feelings and a lot of people don't feel like they're all good feelings you know we we have feelings about ourselves and and i think so much of our opinions of ourselves is based on what other people seem to think of us and you know if if you're not the the football star with the cheerleader and all this stuff in high school then you launch into the adult world thinking that you're less than and you know these these negative feelings don't on their own they have to be addressed in some way or another and for me i kept trying to drown and crush and, and hide and pretend like all of that stuff wasn't going on in my head but you can only do that for so long and you're gonna it's gonna come out one way or another right and it's generally not in a, a healthy productive way so you know relationships end over this kind of stuff and friendships end over it because we don't have any tools for for being who we really are all we have is these mirrors from from movies and and icons that are, are not even real that we're trying to to become and it's just it's impossible and i think it's very unhealthy can i ask another question what is your take on empowerment empowerment is uh <laughs> it's something that i was lacking for most of my life you know i i didn't understand what power was to begin with you know my my idea of power was the way that my dad exhibited power and my dad owned me and crushed me in every possible way and so i felt like you know if i'm going to grow up and be a man then i need to find someone that i can dominate and and control the way that my dad controlled me and that is a, it's a really sick way to, to try to go into the working world because my whole goal was to get promoted enough that I could be in charge of somebody and, and, and control and crush and dominate. And then I would feel good about myself, but that didn't happen. And it's not ever going to happen because that's not how that's a, that's, that's not what gives you value as a human being. And that's not how power works. You know, I didn't understand that my dad had a boss and he had responsibilities and, he had a house that was falling apart and cars that were always broke down and a wife that was emotionally unstable. And the only thing that he really had power over in the whole world was me. But I couldn't see that. I was too close. I'm going to stop you again because I want to go into one more topic. One of the recurring topics throughout your therapy sessions in the book is value and your understanding or mis misunderstanding of what value gives you. What are some of the things you have learned about value? I was so confused about value for, for my entire life. And a lot of it was about that power, that, that seeking power and, and trying to control someone else. I, I felt like that's what gave my dad value was his ability to do that with me. And so that's what I was seeking in a, in a way to, to give myself some sort of value because I didn't feel like I had any. But in therapy, my therapist did a great job of guiding me through an, an investigation of what I believe value is and what gives me value. And like, you know, one of the examples in the book is when my sister was born, I was six years old and I was bad that year because, you know, I, I felt like all of the attention was, was on her. And so I got sticks for Christmas and a nice neat bundle with a red bow around it. And my sister got a pile of presents and I really, that, that really hurt me. But when I when I was looking at, at that situation with an adult perspective and understanding that, you know, it, A, it was my parents that were broken and messed up in that situation and not me. But I was looking at you know, what gives my sister value? Does she have value at one year old or, or seven months or however old she was? 
And what gives me value when I'm six years old or 12 years old? Is, is it just the fact that I'm alive or is it the contributions that I'm making to the family? Because I had a lot of chores. I worked hard every day, but I was never rewarded for those things. So I didn't feel like my efforts gave me any value. And again, that was that was from my caregivers. That was the a lack of, of support and emotional support from my parents that made me form confused understandings about what value is. But today I know that that all of the contributions I make to my relationship with my wife and to our business, those things give me value. The contributions that I make to the world give me value. And it's really about how I try to live to my capacity and do everything that I can in the time that I have, like okay, not Jonathan, just riding along. Two more questions. If you met a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give him? Oh, I, <laughs> I have had many conversations with my child self in therapy, and it's, it has been a, a very interesting journey because in the beginning, I couldn't even imagine my, my younger self being in front of me without being ashamed of myself. But today I would tell myself that I am better than I think I am. I am worth all of the things and that life is going to be fantastic for me someday and that I need to work on growing myself to my capacity and not worry about what other people think. Which brings us to the last question, and that is, how do you have a fantastic life right now? Living life is all about intention today. I try not to do anything just in, in a reactionary phase. So I check my feelings when I have a gut reaction to something. I make sure that I am not being triggered off of an insecurity, that I'm coming from a place of, of knowledge and intention, especially with my wife and, and the, the staff at our, at our business. It's important to me that these relationships are, are as good as they could possibly be. And, and my contribution to that is having a good relationship with myself and understanding myself and not just you know, knee-jerk reacting to things in life, but just living with intention in everything that I do. Okay, now we're just about at the end, Justin. How can people get in touch with you and how can they get your book? Everything that you could possibly want to know about me is at my website at jboydlong.com. That's J-B-O-Y-D-L-O-N-G.com. There's links to social media and Amazon and everything else. And everything you want to know about Justin is in his book. What's it called? That is The Righteous Rage of a 10-Year-Old Boy. <laughs> the Righteous Rage of a 10-Year-Old Boy. Wow. Justin is no longer 10 years of age. He's lived a full life. He's given back. He is an amazing individual. He's a techie. He understands the tech world, but he doesn't let the tech world control him or destroy him. He's learned to rise above it. That's a state in itself. <laughs> it's a challenge these days. Well, as I said, for myself today, Three mainframe computers are being worked on. So here I am on a portable doing my podcast. You know, I think this is proof that there is a benevolent God because he's given us a sense of humor to laugh through it all. <laughs> Sometimes it's laugh or cry, right? That's right. Well, everybody, if you liked this episode, could you please do me a favor? And whatever platform you're on, like this and write a few comments. That way we can grow this and help it go to others out there. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic day. 
You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic day.